Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 68 of Season 4 of Movie Around Minute, the daily podcast, where we take a hilarious and poignant journey through the 1989 Billy Crystal Meg Ryan rom-com, When Harry Met Sally, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Mark Hoffmeyer of Movies, Films, and Flicks, the Deep Blue Sea podcast, the Con Air podcast, and hopefully something new that's going to be coming out in a few months. Maybe Mark will, will, will let's get a little hint into what, what, what the next one will be when they get there, but we'll, we'll see. So welcome, Mark. Gosh, I don't even want. I'm we're busy. Jay I and I are really busy right now. So I thinking know. about another one right now so is is a lot. I'm just trying. We're just enjoying Con Air. That's been a blast going through that movie and just letting loose on that because it's been fun. It's been fun. Forty chapters of Con Air, but that's right. It's been, I, Nick Cage is so good in that movie. I don't think people appreciate how good he is in that movie. In the movie, as I've told you, as I as I've told you before, and I probably told you on on the episode that I that I was on, you know, the one thing I don't like is his accent. And I know you guys have talked about it in episodes afterwards. You know, just the the accent was just too much. It's it's a great story. He didn't need to 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 do the accent the way that he did, in my opinion. But you know, it's just a good smash of all the states in one, all the southern states in one together. I'm, I'm, we're gonna have a lemonade, the hummingbird, and then, but then he's he's like leaning real heavily into other aspects of it. Oh, it's beautiful. He's just the best. <laughs> he's just the best. How about the crying in this scene? <laughs> there is a lot of crying in this scene. Yes. Do you have any so, favorite crying scenes in movies? Favorite crying scenes? Wow, I've 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 never even thought about that. Whew. Um, well, it's, it, it depends on the type of crying because the crying that she's doing most, most crying in movies is, you know, is not necessarily over a breakup the way that, or over the type of things that Sally is going through here. It's usually someone who's very sad about, you know, maybe someone died or maybe something, you know, something tragic happened. And that's where you see a lot more crying. That's her, what I would think. Physic- her physicality in this scene, her walk, she does kind of a shuffle. In this scene, and she has a lot of penguins in her house, so I mean, I wonder if that's a thing. But then she's just not because she's walking like a penguin. Is that what you're saying? Watch, watch her walk in this, and then watch how she. And then because the robe is is impeding her, maybe. And then she starts blowing her nose, and she's not a throw a tissue on the floor person, but she's letting these tissues fall on the floor. So it's like just the physicality of it, just her walking around and her crying. It's just it just works. It's funny. And it's her not, hair is a complete mess here, also. Yeah, I love it. She's all—it's yeah. all over the place, and it, you know, it's just a good crying scene. I mean, uh, you know, about Schmidt has a great crying scene. I think all the crying scenes in Spider-Man, the Spider-Man movies with Tobey Maguire, those are fun. People make fun of those, but I like it. Those are good. <laughs> Dancer in the Dark is a lot of crying. I don't know. Who does good? Who does a good single tear? Let's see. Chris Evans cries five times in Snowpiercer. I learned that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Chris Pratt shed some good tears in a movie called, um, shoot, I forgot the name. Take Me Home Tonight. He has a lot of crying in that. Hemsworth is a good crier. He dropped some tears. Yeah, Meg Ryan, I'd give her the award. Give her the tissue award for best crying in a 1989 movie. That should be an Oscar (laughs) category. 
in an 1989 movie? Or just in general? Just 1989. Oh, okay. (laughs) Why not? Why is she calling him over? Couldn't she talk to him on the phone? No, that that I can understand, but but let's get there. Let's let's. All right, all right. All right. I, I I love jumping ahead with you. I really do. But let let's let's just get there. So, minute sixty eight begins with Sally spilling the beans and ends with Harry offering Sally a tissue as she walks and talks. So yesterday we ended things. Sally interrupts Harry's uh, uh, very intense uh, reading of a Robert Ludlum uh, ending. I guess you could say. <laughs> And we ended yesterday's minute with Harry saying, what's the matter? Because Sally is very distraught over the phone. And her response is, he's getting married. And Harry goes, who? Joe. I'll be right there. So I, I love the way that this, this, this works. You know, the Harry has no idea who she's talking about at first. You know, he's getting married. Who's getting married? It doesn't really matter. That we'll we'll get into the script when we get into the script later. The script adds other things in there also, which which helps us understand a little bit more of why there's some confusion here. But that that's fine. And as soon as Harry hears that it's Joe, and you know we we had a conversation last week about the fact that that he's upset that Sally doesn't get upset about the fact that she's no longer with Joe, and finally she is. And as soon as he hears that this is what's going on, he's like, I got to get over there. You know, I can't let her deal with this on her own. She needs my help. You know, I think that's where this comes from. She probably hasn't done this much. No, she hasn't done it at all. This is the first time that that Harry is hearing her say something about how her breakup with Joe has affected her. Yeah. So I guess if she did it every week, it'd be annoying. But this is the one time it's happened in a decade. You're going to go over there. Correct. And again, I don't think Harry is going over there with any uh, other intentions besides wanting to be there to comfort her, you know, in this difficult time for her. I think that's what well, it yeah, comes down. Yeah, I mean, it, he proves it later on. Yes. In the scene. Correct. There's so, a I mean, lot of yellow in this. <laughs> well, I mean, look at the way the bedspread is. Also, you know, when when he gets into the, when when he gets there and he sits down on the bed on the bed and stuff like that. You know, the tissue box box matches the almost yes. matches the bed sheet. That's right. It's a very that is very move. typical Sally. No question about that. You know, and then Harry shows up at the house and she opens the door and she is a mess. You can really see how much of a mess she is. And she just goes, Hi. You know, <laughs> she actually looks like she's she's you know doped up on cough medicine or something like that the way that she's you know acting there mm-hmm. and then harry slurps goes, some nyquil that's right <laughs> and then harry goes are you all right she goes come on in and she starts crying i'm sorry to call you so late it's all right i need a kleenex okay <laughs> you know and she's just walking around the, the place whatever so well what do you know about Kleenex? It's all over the place. Well, except during the pandemic. But yeah, I mean, just blow no, that nose. was toilet paper. That was toilet paper. No, that was t- no here in the states, the tissues was hard, were hard to find too. Mm-hmm. Okay, tissues were tough. People like I think toilet paper went, and people were like, well, I'll just use tissues. So if you could find one box at a time, you were lucky. Of wow. tissues, they were allocated. 
Interesting. Mm-hmm. It's weird going through the shopping places now because there's Clorox wipes and there's toilet paper and there's tissues and paper towels. There's, paper towels are tough to find. So yeah. Why? I'm trying to figure out why everyone was going nuts and they thought that that's what they needed. You know. I mean, once the ball goes and then you see reports of it, then people are just going to like, even rational people are just thinking, great, like I should probably do this because people are grabbing eight boxes per. And this was before they had a, a limit after that, the stores got smart and put a limit on things, but people are just buying cartfuls of stuff. So even if right. you're logical and you don't want to get pulled into the hype, you're like, well, I guess I probably should go get some of this because it's flying off the shelves. So then it just became a thing. Right. People okay. hunted it down. People. People went to Costco to Costco to see if they had stuff. Like there was like toilet paper hunters. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Do Do you know when uh, do, do you know when they started making Kleenex? No, but I'm looking it up. 1943. No, it was during the First World War. Okay, they 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 started making uh, cray paper gas mask filters. That's how it started. Hmm. And then in the in the early 1920s, they they modified it. They started creating female hygiene pads, Kotex, using pretty much the same material, just something that was thicker. And then a few years later, they result they they uh, modified it once again. In and in 1924, they created something that was thinner and softer, and they then created what we now know as Kleenex. And it was originally a cold cream remover, which is really strange. You know, that's what people were using it for to to like wipe something off your face type of thing. I guess the, the snot portion portion came out, came over later. You know, people started deciding to use that because it's, you know, disposable paper-based tissues. Yeah. To remove cold cream. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> how many, um, how many countries do you think manufacture Kleenex these days? 173. 78 countries manufacture it and how many are how many countries sell kleenex all of them 196 countries wow kimberly yeah. clark my neighbor works for them there you go <laughs> they make a lot of deliveries to shelters to drop off toilet paper and kleenex because and diapers because a lot of families need that so he talks about do send entire truckloads of the stuff to family shelters for it good wow. dude and then oh, here's Meg Ryan just slapping them on the floor. That's right. Now, what what are the three top tissue brands? Because again, Kleenex is is just a tissue. It's not everyone refers to tissues as Kleenex, but that Kleenex is a brand. Uh, well, there's Kleenex. That's the number one. Right. It's actually uh, not number one. It's actually number two. Okay. Um. And, well, well, there's Puffs. I don't even know what Puffs are. Puffs. Puffs is apparently buy, the number one. I just buy store brands. <laughs> See, I don't like the store brand ones because they're, they're they're scratchier, and if you need to use them, you don't want to scratch up your nose. You know, you I just still use paper want... towels most of the time, so my nose is destroyed. So when I use a paper towel, like when I use a regular tissue, my my nose is like, thank you. Mm-hmm. So I think it's so used to being traumatized that it's like, oh, store brand tissue, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, that's fair. I understand that. <laughs> and then the the third one is uh, Scotty's mm-hmm. tissues. Actually, I just let snot dry on my beard. <laughs> well, you can just wipe it on uh, on on Harry's sweater. That's right. Oh man. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> with kids, when they put their faces on your shirts, you get some gunk on that. So I that's get right. it. You have a cry. And but exactly. this is a grown woman snotting and crying on you. So you're getting double the the gunk and tears and snot. 
Correct. This isn't, I mean, babies can produce a ton of saliva and snot, but you're getting full grown lady crying snot. That's not good. Right. He's going to have to, he's going to have to clean that sweater. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> so, you know, he gives, he gives her the Kleenex and then she starts telling her story. She says, if you just called me up, want to see how you were. Fine. How are you? Fine. His secretary's on vacation. Everything's all backed up. He's got a big case in New York, blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting on the phone thinking, I'm over him. I really am over him. I can't believe that I'd ever be remotely interested in any of that. And then he said, I have some news. And then she bursts bursts into more tears as she's telling the story. Now, my biggest question here is, is why is she still in touch with Joe? You know, she she broke up with him. She said that the, the two of them were going completely different directions. You'd think that in the last six months since she it has been become friends, six plus months since she's become friends with, with Harry, you know, she it's not as if she's ever getting together with Joe. Yeah, that's because there's a time jump. <clears throat> yeah. They broke up. So, that, I mean, unless they're still keeping in contact, unless they're kind of keeping a side thing going. I don't know because there's no point to doing that six months later, right? That that's I mean, the strange. It gets thing. them together. It gets the two of them together in the same room on her bed. Correct. No, obviously it's it's needed for for the uh, you know for 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 the um, what's going on? It's needed for the script. There's no question about that. That's what they needed to do here. Mm-hmm. But I mean, again, is Joe still would, in, she broke up with Joe. They they both agreed to separate because they both wanted different things in life. That's what that's yeah. what she says. So why would he you know, like why would he call her to? I mean, uh, I don't want to give away what we're going to find out tomorrow as to the real reason why he called up. But you know, actually, she already said he's getting married. So I guess that that's yeah. out of the that's out of the bag here. But like, why would she? Why would Joe call her up unless he's saying, "Look what you're missing out on." I, that has to be it because if this was like a week later and he's engaged, that'd be odd. Like, listen, I, we broke up last week. I'm engaged. Like that makes sense. Well, that's what happened. But, that's what happened to, to Harry. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But like, but like six months later, yeah, he's just saying, guess what? You know, like, trying to make her, I mean, you know, yeah, I, that, that's, that's gotta be it. Called her up to say, look what you're missing out. Yeah. Which is kind yeah. of a jerk move, but it had the desired effect. Well, I always get the jerk move. I always get the jerk vibe from uh, from Joe. Oh yeah. You know, whenever they talk about him and stuff like that, like like I had this conversation months ago with when when we were talking about Joe. You know, me and my guest talked about the fact that that Harry and Joe were probably like swinging singles. You know, always you know always uh, you know looking out for 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 as many single women as they can bring in. You know, and that therefore they they just didn't really want to talk about that in front of Sally as to how they really knew each other. You know, they said that they were in the same building. That was it. But, but I got the, we got the impression that there was something more to their friendship here. You know, these guys are were wing, wingmen. Really? That was the impression that we got. Again, it could Ooh. be wrong, you know, so I can see Joe as being somewhat of a jerk, but if that's the case, then why would Sally have stayed with him for five years? Yeah, that's true. That's a long time for her to be in a relationship with a guy who's apparently a jerk. 
you know, even though she's talking about the fact that, you know, things were great for them, you know, they wanted to, they talked about flying off to, 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 you know, flying off to Europe without, you know, on a, on a, on a whim. They talked about, you know, having sex on, on the kitchen floor. You know, they apparently had a very good relationship. But then again, I, I can't imagine myself ever calling up one of my exes and saying, ha ha, I'm getting married. You know, it's like, I don't care. I'm marrying the person I want to marry. So why do you, like, what good would it do him to make her jealous? What good would it do to make her jealous? I mean, he still has feelings for her if he's going to call her. Maybe. And, you know, I mean, they, maybe he's used to dumping people just exclusively. She said they grew apart, so they decided. So maybe he's still a little spurned by that. So maybe this is just kind of getting in her head. Maybe he's, he's still, still spurned about it. it. He's still spurned about it. He's actually getting married. Yeah, but like, it, but like, this seems like it's on a whim too. Like, doesn't isn't he getting married quickly? Isn't it a really young? Who is it? It's no, really they never say. Like, we'll, we'll talk about tomorrow who she is. Oh, okay. But they, it doesn't it doesn't say that you know his wedding is next week. You know that it's a shotgun wedding or anything like that. You know that that's not something that's that's mentioned here at all. Yeah. Ah, it's wh- why would it someone do that? So I think it's just to get in her head. He. He still has something for her, and he wants to be like, "Hey, guess what? That's it. Yeah. That's all I got." All right, I don't know. I exactly. I I can't think of anything else either. In order to, I mean, to, he to did mess it. With it was successful. He got what he wanted out of it. But he did. But he he's actually if hey let let's go with that. So if he and Harry are wingmen, so he's helping his wingman by by telling Sally that he's getting married. Ooh, that's some Machiavelli stuff right there. That's some <laughs> that goes too deep. That goes that's like a whole different movie then. <laughs> that makes it like a oh, Neil Labute movie all of a sudden. So yeah, I don't, I don't think it goes. This is that's another burden. Gotta wrap of your head around that one. <laughs> what? I said wrap your head around that one. <laughs> that's another ninety minute movie. But this is a ninety minute movie. And you just need to make things happen quick and you have over a decade, like long times to cover. So you're just going to need to yada yada some things. And this is what got yada yadded. Normally I like to look at the movie as canon. Like what happens in the movie is canon. I like to explore the themes, but this one's all sort of theoretical. Like we don't know why. So I think the best guess is the only way to tell somebody that is rubbing in her face a little bit he knows she's going to be th- uh 40 in eight years so he wants to get in her head right okay makes sense maybe he's he's a kleenex salesman now and he wants to sell kleenex ah. he she'll buy more mm. that's a good way of doing it yeah. <laughs> all right that makes sense makes sense um i don't have anything else for this minute do you have anything else for the minute besides the fact no, that i mean you know it, it's great good, seeing... good crying good ugly crying yes and I, I actually, walk. I like seeing that that Sally is so disheveled that you know you mentioned this before. She's just throwing tissues all over the place, which is something you wouldn't expect from someone like Sally. She's she's completely out of it. I don't think she ever recreated this funny of a moment either. I don't think she's ever this funny in a scene again. I really don't. Can you think of a scene where she's just as funny? No. This, I, like, like 
you know, there are some movies where she's like, oh, like falling down and that kind of stuff and like whimsical. But no, this is a legit, like, funny moment. Oh, shoot, Joe versus Volcano was at 90. I thought it was early 80s. Mm. When Harry Met Sally feels like a newer movie than Joe versus the Volcano. Well, it's, maybe I think it's that's still because timeless. it's timeless. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. Hey, Jinx. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's, she's just, she's so good in this. She just is such a presence, and it's so funny. She has such a funny performance. So, yeah. Now, I like her better than, like, I like her better like this, like just real alive. Like I feel like in Sleepless in Seattle, her character, I mean, pe- people adore that movie and it made more money than anything, but it's a dialed back one. I, I like alive. Okay, uh, sure. Meg Ryan. Sure. So yeah, that's my final thought. Okay. All right. So the, the script, there's just one little thing that, that was, to me, there, there's two things here that, that were glaring. So when Sally begins the minute by saying he's getting married, Harry's response is not who, but he goes, Julian, which would make yeah. sense. <laughs> and then she says, no, Joe. You know, so, you know, Julian never comes up in the movie ever again. Neither does sure. Emily. You know, the two of them were in that scene at the beginning of this week, and that was it. We, you know, they both had barely anything to do here. Just to, besides that, the, the only point of putting these two characters in there is to show the jealousy of Harry and Sally. It's the mm-hmm. only reason that anyone would even consider putting them in there. But the fact that that Harry in the script says Julian, it means that this is not long afterwards. And that apparently, you know, either Sally is still dating with dating Julian, or she has broken up with him and Harry knows this and therefore it was only a few weeks uh since that happened. You know, you mentioned earlier that, you know, maybe if if she and Joe had just broken up not long ago, it would be more of a shock for mm-hmm. for, for the whole thing. So the fact that he mentions Julian, you know, says something says, would would change the whole connotation here. Yeah. You know, so that that's the first thing that's different. And the second thing is it says when Sally opens the door, it says she's wearing sweatpants and a sweatshirt. She looks terrible and she's got a really Big red nose. That's what it says. Um, I, like I think the, it works. I like what she's wearing instead. It allows her that's to do what I was that say. walk. I, I think it's better that she's in the robe and that she does the penguin walk, like you said. I love her but, in the scene. It's great. It's so natural. Yeah. It's natural, but but she somehow loses her, her cuteness from the rest of the movie by the way that she's that, that that she looks and acts here. But I think yeah. that's good, right? Yeah. Because that's that the the relationship evolves. Right. You know, in the beginning, you don't see that real in the beginning, and then once you see that real, I think it changes the game. And that look, kind of like dream, the dream lighting, the hair lighting, the like the effervescence kind of changes, and they become an actual person, not like an ideal that you talk to every right. now and again. And also, this night jades are big time. Sure. So we'll get there. But yeah, this is kind of a turning point yeah. for, for Sally. So one of the things they mentioned in the commentary is that they had to do this scene 30 times. Oh, wow. 30 times. That's a lot. It's so much. That's just crazy. What, to like get in character or just for the crying? I have or no what, idea. Why? They, they don't mention it. In the commentary, they say that they, they had to film this scene 30 different takes. They didn't say what went wrong. 
You know, they didn't say that that we did 30 times, but we took the first take. You know, nothing, nothing like that. They just mentioned the fact that that you know both Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan were great sports because they had to do this 30 different times. Well, that makes sense though, because the performance of hers is so big, and then he's so casual. You need to find a tone for this. So they probably shot one over the top. They probably between the 30, they probably shot over the top in the middle, not as crazy, angrier, happier, sadder. Uh, more hysteric, more mm-hmm. tired. So they right. probably did different beats to look at it in the edit because this is a big scene and this is kind of the first of this type of moment. So you need to find the tone of it because, you know, when you're shooting, you don't quite know the tone until you do the edit. So right. until it all comes together. So they probably just had to have a variation to make it work. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. So uh, every Wednesday we have a segment called Harry Burns Hunt Day where my guests will give their top five Billy Crystal performances. So, Mark, start with number five and work your way up, please. Oh, this one's so tough. This one's so tough. I hated this one. I'm, like, looking through all of his movies, and I absolutely adore his movies. But uh, I, I know that's cheating, but I absolutely love his voice work in the monsters. That's not films. cheating. That You can I put that in there. It's, it is so alive. And I don't know why, but lately I've really been noticing voice performances, and I just absolutely love the work he does here. Then four. Wait, so which one are you think you're going to give us Monsters Inc. or Monsters uh, University for number five? Well, I've got to go Monsters Inc. We'll do Monsters okay. Inc. And then I'll do Princess Bride because it's a cameo, but it's it's amazing. It's a hilarious mm-hmm. cameo. Oh man, and there's, I mean, this one's going to be new, but I love him and analyze this next to De Niro. Like that, watch you, you, just the two of them together. I think they really connected and they found something great. So that's three. Number two. Oh goodness, I love him in so many movies. Not my giant. Oh man, not analyze that. Yikes. Yeah, that was a bad one. Yeah, that was really bad. That one, that one. He also was the voice for Calcifer in Howl's Moving Castle. I love that. Um, I'm going to say, uh, th- uh, throw Mama from the train. That movie just crushes my skull. <laughs> I'll say Running Scared because it's uh, number two because it's just such a different performance. It's a more physical performance. He's just... He's jacked. He's jacked, but he still Jay has told me about his that. comic personality. He's, yeah, you know, he, he some of his lines there are just great. Oh, crap. And I left out from Harry Met Sally, but um, whatever. I love that. I'm just going to say City Slickers, number one, because I watched that and City Slickers 2 on VHS nonstop. Like, I love both those movies. So I remember the one-arm push-ups from Jack Palance and, and uh, when he won his Oscar. So I'm going to do Mitch Robbins as number right. one. That's my pick. Okay. Thank you very much. So, Mark, you want to once again tell people how they can find Mark Hoffmeyer or where they can find you. Movie Sons of Flicks podcast, Deep Blue Sea the podcast, Con Air the podcast. Those are all social things, too. So look us up, follow us, rate, review, subscribe, share us now. Right. And while you're doing that, you can go rate, review, and subscribe anything on any podcatcher you might be using to listen to this show. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. Or you can find me on my website, MovieRobMinute.com. So, until tomorrow. I'll have what she's having. I'll have what she's having. Gave me a thrill with all your faults. 
I love you still. It had to be you. Wonderful you. Had to be you.